0: 45, I think. Um, I haven't remembered since we got into 40s. I'm pretty sure it's episode 45. Um, I'm going to go with 44. That's my guess. Your, your guess is as good as mine. But um, we missed we missed the day of recording because you had like a math project. I don't know. In my schools, I don't have to do math projects. But I'm Absolutely. lucky for that. But she just dis- assigned this
1: like big old PowerPoint that was due she she assigned it like the day it was due for whatever reason and it was a 15 thing like page powerpoint thing of like
0: all the lessons explaining it it was dumb that sounds awful and then we i was thinking like maybe we could make up but then i had like the biggest load of homework i've ever had (laughs) last (laughs) night so i mean we normally just stick to to the main days of recording which is monday and then wednesday and then friday so we can get episodes out on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Um, so we, we missed one, but we're making it up now. We got our week four, um, break, like standout players or um, for, all, for all the week four games, and then Friday we'll give our predictions for week five. So, so obviously
1: for as- the news, I get to say, I'm saying it first. So for the news, Joe, how's your past
0: couple of days? My past couple of days have actually been pretty good. So before I, the last episode, I mentioned that there was going to be um, a really big meet, and I did really bad. I didn't do really bad at the really big meet. I had, like, a pretty good time, but I finished, like, pretty far down the ranks as far as, like, how good I did versus everyone else. But we were playing against school, running against schools that were bigger than us, So I was like, okay, I can see it. I'm we running against a school called Shenango that is, no, Nishanek. We ran against Nishanek. And I, I did really good. I actually broke my personal record by about two and a half minutes, so it was really nice, really flat course, so I don't know if it really counts, because <laughs> of course I'm going to do bad when those tons of hills and stuff, but I don't know, I'll take it, um, so I'm pretty happy, but now, I don't know, I'm, I'm very tired, been a long train of weeks here, but how was your last couple of days?
1: Um, They've been good, watching some NBA Finals still, sadly Jimmy Butler is down 3-0, even though he had another good game. I, I i'm not going to blame him for the one that he'd probably lose but you know sad times um went to the rec center yesterday just played some basketball with, with the home of the park and took a little walk because i got bored um <laughs> just vibing out um nothing n- nothing much just playing some xbox and watching football watching basketball the the average thing's got the pool and stuff closed up all the outdoor for put away which is a big pain because there's like a an attic in the garage basically that we put it in and there's like we gotta like use pulleys like to get it up there and if they're all super heavy it's not fun um but it's done now so at least that's one less thing to worry about
0: that that it is um as yeah as the winter comes it is getting colder and colder so um i always realize that like right after cross country i always run, and then i get like like mildly sweaty just because i'm like exercising and then we like stop and in the wind if it's windy then it's, i just get absolutely chilled to the bone I actually i i really hope i don't get sick but i'm not feeling the best i felt in my whole life um other than that though we might as well get into the news as you previously mentioned to me off uh, like right before the we started recording there is quite possibly the largest amount of news the Joe joshua has ever had to cover um a lot of stuff going with the covid19 situation um which has been has been previously covered a lot. It's, it's very common knowledge, but we haven't given our take on it yet. So how about we get right into that? Yeah. So um, we'll start off with that COVID news. Um, as we as we know, we reported
1: last episode on like the past couple of times we were recording reporting on the Titans getting COVID. There's a lot of them. Joe, Joe knew the night. I think you said it was twenty, right? That have it now in the organization. There are currently
0: twenty players or twenty players and coaches combined. I
1: guess. Yeah. So it's an outbreak. And um, so we knew that the the Steelers-Titans game got postponed to week seven. We reported last week. Well, coming up now, they're they're getting it now, and we're in jeopardy of the next game, which is the Bills also be in jeopardy. Um, and it's come out. Ian Rappaport reported on it, some others, that there's photo evidence that the Titans have broken the COVID protocols after they got their first couple of positive tests when they were all supposed to be quarantining themselves. They were still having practices. Um like it wasn't like the whole team, but like there were still. Ryan Tannehill was one of them, some key players still at the facility practicing together. And that's when you saw after that eruption, <laughs> a positive test test from Tennessee. Um, so they're probably going to sort of disciplinary disciplinary action in the NFL. And there's a lot of fans calling for them to have to forfeit last week's and this week's game. Um, and I don't think that gonna happen. Maybe this week's, but definitely not last week's. But like, yeah. there's photo evidence now. It's ridiculous and. <laughs> um, when you when you're in a situation like this with covid you have to roll with the punches and be compliant and um you just see here what happens we don't follow and this is something that like the nfl there's a lot of speculative nfl could end up um because it's so tough to keep players from getting positive tests other positive tests like cam newton got a positive test or on the league, um and ended up not being able to start on thursday night football and you saw just what happened to his team they got killed because brian hoyer and jared stidham were not a good quarterback combination um mm-hmm. and there's just guys around the league testing positive for it now at this point and um it, it's not good you know the nba has been able to be effective because they're able to quarantine all the players and put them in a bubble you know what i mean and that's not that's not going to be able to happen for so team 53 man teams and 32 of them they had like had 22 teams of 15 in the NBA, and it still took an excessive amount of money, time, and effort to get that to work. And that's playoffs. You know what I mean? There's just so many people in the NFL, you can't keep them all coined. And it's really a trust system on who's doing the proper protocols. So it, it, it's tough, an entire organization, following the protocols um, like that. And especially when you know you already have a positive test, that's just ridiculous. And that's the kind of rec- reckless behavior that, if any,
0: is going to get the season canceled. I know. It's so annoying. Because, we, we yeah, we all want the, um, the NFL season really bad. And it's like one team is already really bad. I mean, we saw it in the MLB. the MLB, there were some major outbreaks between a um, different teams, And they just, like, didn't play, <laughs> you know, yeah. until they got yeah. better. But it's just like the NFL is so much more of, like, a big deal. I feel like there's going to be a lot more outrage if the Titans just have to, like, forfeit five games out of it. And it's, it's just a smaller season as well. Like, you yeah. know, six games. If you lose six straight games just because you have to forfeit them because, like, a bunch of players on your team are sick, then that's, like, your, t- your whole season's gone, really. Um, but I don't know. If, I, I'd i be kind of sad to see them, like, just have to forfeit games and lose. But if they were, like, blatantly just dis- just disobeying the rules, then I'm not really very upset. <laughs> if the Titans have to take big losses there. But, um, as, I mean, we, yeah, I've seen it. There's been, like, different players... On different teams that i've got positive tests and stuff which i don't know if you're gonna mention that later um like because there's just a lot of like random players you know and then it hasn't really spread to the other team the other teammates but in the titans it's been very widespread so mm-hmm. hopefully in those other organizations they handle it better
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um it's just like i don't think they're going to, to for like six games or anything but if they have to forfeit their
1: next game on it, like it, it's their fault, um, they have to forfeit. Or even if the NFL just says, you know, you you can deal with it and play without those twenty players. Yeah. They didn't do that before. Like like eight players that are out, like that's a big deal. You know, you can't just like quickly bump up eight players to your active roster. And I mean, if it <laughs> whatever it's it's I don't know what the situation is going to be, and it's so difficult to reschedule. Two games of a team's like it's difficult to schedule one game on a teams and let alone two different ones for the same team. That's just a rough thing. But...
0: No, obviously, I just threw out the like the number six as as an example because yeah, they're not going to have to miss forfeit six games, but you know, I don't think them having to forfeit the Bills game is that like really that unlikely because because there's still so many positive cases and more coming in. So mm-hmm. yeah,
1: so. After talking about that piece of Titans news for like five minutes, we move on to the next one. Um, so we reported like a, a long time ago of Earl Thomas in the uh, working out with the Texans, and he was likely to sign. And then that very next episode, we did not end up signing for whatever reason. And um, now we have signed it. Um, reportedly, numerous Texans players came forward to talk to management to oppose the idea of bringing Earl Thomas into the locker room. Um, I like the idea of Earl Thomas as a player, but not as a person. Obviously, Earl Thomas is someone that's had his ups and downs off the field um, in Seattle, and then he came to Baltimore. He had some altercations with teammates early on in Baltimore. Things seemed to get settled, and he had a a run-in with his brother and his wife and was held at gunpoint by his wife for certain things, and then he ended up fighting safety chuck clark in practice which got him cut um and yeah he's not on a team right now and that's pro- that's why the texans have not signed um and the reason that earl thomas is not signed on a football team is not because of, he's not good at football um he's probably a top five safety in the league at this point we can pretty safely say these are top five safety in the league um if he's on the yeah. field but it's uh, it's character issues right and that's just more and more why i kind of see dallas as the as the landing spot from day one, just because they're a team that's really lacking in the secondary. And they're notoriously a team that, um, brings in guys of questionable character. Um, it doesn't, you know, as a team that cares a lot more about on the field production off the field. Um, so, you know, and, and we know Jerry Jones is a guy that has very deep pockets and is not afraid to eat. So I still, even though the reports came out previously that Dallas was interested, I still see Dallas as the, as the front run. Um, I just can't see any other team <laughs> taking that chance.
0: Dallas or like maybe Cleveland because Cleveland obviously like will just throw in any player, but they're in a good spot right now, um, so maybe they like don't really want to. But I don't they know. do
1: well in Cleveland. They're miss- They don't have safeties right because the- Grant Delpit is out for the year, and they trade for Ronnie Harris. Um, so I guess I mean Earl Thomas would easily start there. Earl yeah. Thomas and Ronnie Harrison, I guess, but um,
0: Thomas was starting thirty NFL teams.
1: <laughs> yeah, you I mean, yeah, probably starting all of them to be honest. Like I, um, maybe not Minnesota because yeah, he plays. You know, Earl Thomas, he's still a great safety, but he could start over anthony harris i guess but the, he probably wouldn't um because they play different ways he, he's more of a strong safety and that's where harrison smith is and they love harrison like they're not taking harrison smith out of that lineup for
0: anybody so uh, um, harrison smith yeah. is like the prototype strong safety <laughs> so yes. um but that that's interesting i do i kind of get it though because the, the texans have don't have any good players but at least they like i feel like the team like gets along and that was something they thought they talked about like bringing Antonio Brown into the squad. I heard that somewhere, and it's like, why would they sign in and like disrupt like a perfect locker room environment? Um, so obviously, there's been disruptions there. So that's the perfect segue to the next piece of news. I'm not sure if it's right it in the order, the next but it's
1: news, actually. <laughs> nice,
0: that's, that was good. <laughs> um, so the
1: next piece there just came out recently. I've been before I get in, you know, the news is Bill O'Brien was fired as head coach and GM yes i've been personally a guy that for largely career i've been a guy everyone loves to hate on and i've personally been a guy throughout his career as a gm i've said he's a terrible gm but i think he's an okay football head coach you know i don't think he's done anything bad as a head coach he's won the division like four or five years or so like he's a he's not bad you know what i mean but this season is where I, I look at Bill O'Brien and I say, okay, I don't even think he's fit to be a head coach. Um, the first four games, just the, his decisions were head-scratching at best, everything about them. And then it came out after he was fired that um, one of the big reasons is he got into a verbal confrontation with his defensive coordinator and J.J. Watt during practice. And if J.J. Watt wants some Texan, you're out because... Uh, can we safely say that J.J. Watt's the best player in Texan's history? Yeah, think we can I safely think he- say that. It's like JJ Watt or J.J. Johnson, I guess. Yeah. The two. I I think I can safely say JJ was the best player. John Watson has played like 15 yeah, more Mitchell years. John Watson's been here for like three years. I guess yeah. Arian Foster, but. <laughs> you, yeah. I
0: don't know. The Texans are a relatively new team, so. Yeah, they've There's only been around since 1999, I believe. Yeah. But, I mean, that's I did say that. I don't know if, what episode I mentioned it. I might have been the last episode that Bill O'Brien is like make some awful off the field moves, but I never thought. Yeah, I never thought he was like a terrible football coach. But he's definitely uh, <laughs> not done well. For, you know, they're they they have they've yet to win a game this season. I think. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm almost yeah. I'm almost certain. So yeah, they have not won a single game yet. They lost. You know, they made crazy trades with the Andre Hopkins, and then they you know go out and trade a first round pick for. You know, uh, yeah, for some reason, I, but I kept thinking, I knew it was Cook, but I said almost said Jared Cook, and know it's not Jared Cook, so I don't know. Um, you know, it's their team was in a really good spot, and they're like a few pieces away from like a championship team, and then they like, just blew it up. And um, yeah. I guess they didn't to want an to the Um, there was a rumor saying that they wanted to try and sign Adam Gase. Adam Gase is not fired yet, um, yeah. sadly enough, because Gase fired really bad. But like after the season, they might be interested in signing Adam Gase. Please don't do that. Adam Gase <laughs> so, is probably the worse like, than Bill O'Brien.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like there aren't very many options at this point are worse than Bill O'Brien, and you, you're, that's what they're interested in. But that's the, I learned recently. The Texans spend more on their rot, like their roster salary, like combined, the most of any team in the NFL for whatever reason. And that's just so weird to me that the Texans spend the most money on their players of any team. They don't even have close to the best roster. It's, it's like... Yeah. Cause when, I mean, when you really sit down and think about it, Deshaun Watson obviously has his big deal. Um, Brandon Cooks is on a fat contract. David Johnson has a humongous contract. They tied down Laramie Tonsil a to huge money. J.J. Watt. I think Bradley Roby's on a really big deal. Benarjic yeah. pretty has a big one. Marcellus, or Whitney Marcellus. There's a lot of guys. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I don't know how they make it work, but they do.
0: But, yeah, I... I saw that Instagram post too. I believe it was an Instagram post, and I was astonished to find out that the Chiefs do not have the most like expensive roster in the NFL. Like, yeah, they too. have Players to humongous contracts. They already have the biggest contract in NFL in sports history with Patrick Mahomes, and they the Texans somehow outspend them, and they're they're undefeated versus winless. <laughs> so yeah. obviously, there's management there. Uh, uh,
1: that's weird too. But like I guess Clyde over Tolaire's on a rookie deal. Hard, Hardman's on a rookie deal. Sammy Watkins, I think, is just on a small deal. Uh, I think Terry yeah, Matthew Tony Matthew's is on a tiny deal, but I want to say it's like smaller than it should be. He's um, he's not to an extent, but I don't know. Yeah, I I definitely would have expected that he still but <laughs> yeah, like, whatever.
0: <laughs> so, I, Sammy Watkins got signed to like a really big deal when he was signed out of free agency, but then when he like resigned this off season, it was for a lot less than his like original deal. So yeah, yeah, I have no clue. But um, Tyree kills, like, and obviously mm-hmm. Tyreek kills. We had him. I had him. I think I had him as like the fourth best res- receiver in the NFL. And it's it basically just because he's so fast. But
1: um, yeah, I had him also fourth. Um, but that was the point. <laughs> yeah, the next piece here that we have is on Cleveland Browns star running back Nick Chubb. Um, he has been placed on the IR list with an MCL injury. Um, you saw him leave the field last week versus the Dallas Cowboys. And um he's expected to miss about six weeks and he will be on IR until then. So obviously moving forward their starting running back will on Kareem Hunt. But he was also battling an injury, this to an extent. Like he's had a, like a some sort of like groin injury, I wanna say it was, just for a while. So the running back that got the bulk of the is this Dearness Johnson. He played he did play That's really awesome. well. Um, I guess if you're looking fantasy off, Kareem Hunt's probably taken all your leagues, but maybe look at
0: D'Ernest Johnson. Um, <laughs> Kareem Hunt, I mean, Nick Chubb paid the price um, for me to hopefully get out of this terrible hole I've gotten in fantasy. Um, Kareem Hunt is battling back. He's He was ranked number two, the number two running back um, by the NFL fantasy official Instagram. So, <laughs> I don't know, because my team is destroyed with injuries right now. So I made some some big waiver wire acquisitions. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Uh, who did you pick up? I picked up uh, Josh. I think Joshua Kelly since Austin Eckler's injured, and then Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I tried to pick up Euphane Gibson, but someone else blocked it. Someone else blocked it. Sure. Justin
1: Jefferson was on the waiver still. Yeah, wow, that's surprising. <laughs> I haven't even looked at this because my especially my set. Um, I, I I do have some in, in it, but like not a, really now at this, it's really just A.J. Brown. And my other rewriters injured, I guess probably not top three anymore. My top two were Chris Godwin and they're both injured. And I have my next two were A.J. and A.J. Brown's injured. So I've been starting to Terry McLaurin, and he's been blowing up. So probably Terry McLaurin might just be my starter um, for flex.
0: I'm going to start Julio Jones this week because he has been dealing with an injury all week. He might not play at all. And if he does play, I can. I, I just don't think he can do that. He's he's just had like two really. One. What? Uh,
1: let me see. Because if he plays at one, I, I just put him in, keep him out of the lineup, and then like when it cut like because it'll come out before one whether he's playing. it. So yeah, you just swap him in real quick.
0: It always you know, like his fantasy value is so boomer bust. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing the Vikings at one o'clock. Yeah, so I'm like I feel like Juju. And Justin Jefferson are locks and then Keenan Allen in the flex because Keenan Allen has a good matchup. Justin Jefferson has a good matchup. Juju has like a relatively good matchup. I'm mean, okay. no, but it's no, maybe G not, does not have a good matchup. <laughs> maybe not, but maybe Devontae Parker or Deontay Johnson will slide in there somewhere. But maybe um Julio. So yeah, I'd probably rather start Julio. There's a much larger mm-hmm. boom factor. I, I'd go Julio. But my because
1: Devonte Adams was projected to play, but the problem was playing Monday night. So I was in the moral dilemma: do I leave him in and risk it? And I ended up leaving him in and risking it all because it was like okay. he's projected to play. And then he came out like the day before the game, and it was like, oh, by the way, I'm not playing. <laughs> or it was Monday night. Yeah. Sorry, not Thursday night. he's oh, he was playing Monday yeah. night, and. Came out Monday morning. It was like, yeah, I'm not playing today. And I, the only way I could have I could have like picked someone up off the waiver, but if I were to pick him up off the waiver, um, yeah, I would have to drop Devontae Adams. I couldn't drop anyone else because they'd already played. So
0: that <laughs> yeah, obviously. That, that. Can't sacrifice your whole season just for one game because obviously Devontae Adams is having a monster season. But let's get this big out of the news. We're, we just had a humongous team.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> um,
0: so Maybe, next, wait.
1: <laughs> next thing here, um, a few weeks back, we reported on the 49ers signing the new Sr. in wake of their injury in the receiving court, and they have released him already after like two weeks. Um, and uh, it's, I liked that because they didn't really have that deep threat target, but I, they, they released in wake of their receiving court injury starting to get better. Jimmy Garoppolo might play next week. It's possible. Um, you saw Brandon Ike return and have a really good game. Debo Samuel should be back relatively soon. Uh George Kittle is back. Kendrick Bourne still having a solid season, so um they, they I guess they just don't need him anymore. I guess he was just kind of a temporary guy they bring in. Um and I don't know where I want Sunu to Cub to go to because I loved him in New England. I really liked his fit with Cam, but not anymore. And so I don't know. <laughs> He'll be on a team. He's a good receiver. um there are a lot of teams that could use, obviously, um, but at this point, he's not on a team, so that, that's all there is to that. Uh-oh.
0: Yeah, he's—he's. He's, I feel like he's gonna find a spot on like a lot of different teams because he's a lot better than everyone else on the wide receiver market than like all the, the like really small name bums. But he's not good enough that you want to keep him over like a ton of your other bench players. So mm-hmm. I feel like he's around a lot. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Um next the news that just came out today me and Jeff talked about this for a decent <laughs> amount of time before the recording started um Dwayne Haskins Washington football team quarterback has been benched the team has announced um and Kyle Allen will start this weekend at quarterback and this is a move that I hate um even as someone that you guys know I've talked about him a lot I'm a Dwayne Haskins hater um I don't really like Dwayne Haskins as a prospect that much but this was a dumb move um, he's coming off of the best passing yard game of his career. He didn't have any interceptions, but he also didn't have any passing touchdowns. Um, he's coming off one of the better games of his career. And when you look at a guy that was drafted 15th overall, uh, projected to be a top two quarterback in the draft, um, he's got all this upside, and you bring him in here. He, he's never gone through a full offseason, mind you, as the starter, right? Um, last season, obviously, through the season, thinking he was Alex Smith's backup, obviously and then Alex Smith went down and then whoop, here comes Dwayne Haskins in the game right and then this season he didn't even have an offseason right there's like for a young quarterback it's really rough to go through without having any off season, which is why Daniel Jones is struggling but you don't see the Giants benching him for Colt McCoy for all the same reasons and the thing that gets me is with all this Dwayne Haskins has never gone through an offseason like I said being the, the starting quarterback he's also had three head coaches in his one and a half year career long enough quarter of your career, I guess. And it's just you can't bench a quarterback who's showing promise off of one of the best games' of his career in such terrible circumstances like this. Um I hate the move. And it's not even like they're they put Alex Smith in use the excuse of he's gonna put us in a better position to win this football game. They can't use that because Kyle Allen is not a good quarterback. I think Dwayne Haskins is a better quarterback than Kyle Allen and I don't think Kyle Allen gives you any semblance of a better shot to win. We saw in Relatively ineffective, and was being solely carried by Christian McCaffrey. And I just don't see any reason for this. I don't think Dwayne Haskins should have been benched, and I don't think his performance was even that terrible this season, personally.
0: Yeah, considering the like talent around him, other than Terry McLaurin and Jordan Reed, I guess. Um, I don't know. some Jordan Reed are, is a 49 uh, Never mind then. <laughs> that proves my point even more. He has relatively no talent around him. He has some like honestly like overperforming running backs that are helping him out. Um, but other than that, it's really him and McCorn, and he's not played awful. And I just, I just, yeah, I just, I'm just, i with you. I just don't get why you could bench him at this point in his career because I really, for Kyle Allen at the very least, I don't, I just don't like the move. I really don't. Um, but I, you can't, I don't know who you can expect him to do great. Whenever he just, he just doesn't have much help. And you know, he's not, he's always been like a kind of limited quarterback to an extent. He has never been super polished. Um and we knew that coming out of the draft that he was gonna need some time to develop under some some better uh quarterback. And Alex Smith could have done that, but obviously there was some injury there was a rough injury there that we all know about. Um, which limited that but you know he's at this point in his career he's not gonna be able to carry a team. And in all likelihood at no point in his career is he gonna be able to carry a team like someone like Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson or even Aaron Rodgers to an extent. Um and this year you're seeing that he had and Rodgers had absolutely no receiving targets and he still absolutely went off. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Haskins isn't going to do that yet. And you just, threw, you just absolutely threw him under the bus. Now for Kyle Allen, the dump off machine, that's mm-hmm. all he did in Caroline off the ball to Christian McCaffrey and hand off the ball to Christian McCaffrey. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I, like I'm it. whatsoever.
1: <laughs> um, so we're going to, we're speeding through this a little bit now because we've, There's so much left still. (laughs) Stephon Gilmore is one of the players that has COVID. He developed COVID this week. The Patriots have canceled practice. I'm sorry. Doing things the right way. And um, they played KC last week. They've all been tested. And none of them have tested positive for the coronavirus thus far. All good news. The Patriots already played their game for this week on Monday night. So, uh, wait, no. No, Monday night technically. So, they've not played this week. Um, We're not 100% sure if they're going to play this week. But... Who knows? Chiefs look all good to go with no positive tests, but the Patriots we still don't know. Cam obviously has COVID. Um, he was not able to play last week, and now there's star Corner, of Gilmore has it. So we'll we'll see what happens with the Patriots there. But you know, at least they're doing things the right way. Cough, cough. Tennessee
0: Titans. Um, not much to say about that one. J. C. Jackson, who you think is the goat, can slide right in there too. So <laughs> yes, yes. Um,
1: next piece here: two pieces of Seattle injury that all clump together. One, Jamal Adams will not be week versus Minnesota Vikings with a groin injury. Um, rough there, you saw him have some struggles with that last week, and he will be out this week. And in wake of that, not really in wake of that because they play different positions. But last week we reported da- Damon Harrison working out with Seattle. He is officially signing with the Seattle Seahawks practice squad. Um, obviously, in this COVID times, signing players for, during the season you have to sign. I learned I didn't actually know you have to sign a player to your practice squad. And then they have to go through, like, so many negative coronavirus tests while there before they can actually be bumped up to the 53-man roster, which is something I didn't actually know until very recently. Um, Which is why last week, some, someone signed last episode with a practice squad, and I don't remember who it was. I think it was a running back, but I'm not sure. Um, um, who? Lamar Miller. Yeah, running back. Lamar Miller. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Lamar Miller <laughs> with a practice squad. And um so yeah, had Damon Harrison doing that, and – that's good for a team like Seattle. That's like dead last in pass rush. Um, so they have no one, obviously, like we report all the time. So it's a good move there. Damon Snacks Harrison contemplating retirement actually, but decided not to ultimately. Coming back with Seattle probably
0: won't play this, but you, you should see him next week definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as yeah, as you said terrible pass rush. So getting some some help there is a is a big help. But he's Damon Harrison is like underrated. He's he was yeah. he was top ten whenever he was with Detroit. And since then, he's just yeah. kind of, like, traded and then bounced around and stuff. So he's obviously aged a little bit, but he's still very capable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, next, we have two pieces of Jets news that I will clump together. Sam Donald, quarterback, is out as the Arizona Cardinals. He will not play. Starting quarterback will, in fact, be at Joe Flacco. And with one injury, I guess, cone player that is off of injury potentially Le'Veon Bell has reached a practice today for the first time. And there is a strong possibility, reportedly, that he plays this week. So, you know, I see Sam Darnold stood out, but Le'Veon Bell come back. You don't know, you have Bell on your team, don't you? I do. <laughs> Good news for you. And, yeah, I guess we'll see Joe Flacco's first action since, like, week 11 or last year? I think it was week 11 or 12 was the last time we've seen yeah, him start
0: right. this game. That'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: for sure. Oh, they weren't going to win any. I
0: don't
1: know who they're facing. Oh, wait, no, they're facing the Cardinals, I think. Wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 they're from the Cardinals. So, yeah, they definitely were uh, Who knows so, with the way the Cardinals are playing. Yeah, that's it. The Cardinals fell off the past couple of weeks. But um, next is another thing that me and Joe talked about before the episode. Into a tug of Iloa. We have seen Ryan Fitzpatrick not have the greatest of games the past couple of weeks. Fitzmagic is kind of dwindling as... It always does after the first couple weeks. Um, and there's been a lot of fans calling to start Tua Tagovailoa. And Brian Flores, head coach, says the team does not think Tua is ready to start at this um And Ryan Fitzpatrick will be their starter for now. So it's looking like Tua is obviously not a start. But at some point this season, he will, is what this statement kind of alludes to me with just the, the wording of it. Um, it definitely seems like he will be the starter at some point. But just my that's another prediction that I have incorrect. I said Tua starts by week five. We're going into week five, and Tua will not be starting, barring some sort of Ryan Fitzpatrick injury and or
0: COVID, I guess. But for now, Tua will not be starting. like a quarter right, though, because they almost started him, but they decided against oh, it. Man. So. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Um, two more things here. O.J. Howard... Buckingham tight end has ruptured his Achilles versus the Chargers he left in the first half and is now out for the season, sadly. So if you're someone that really believed in Rob Gronkowski, you can rejoice. We were both people that did not and kind of were more realistic with it, said he'll probably be the backup. Now, Rob Gronkowski is probably going to start. It's Gronk or Cameron Brait, probably going to be Gronkowski. We've seen him be, even he's admitted more of a blocking tight end this season. But I'll this is where up. you can – yeah, I mean, we're definitely not ups. So we didn't say that 40 times. Um, But, you know, maybe you see him start to get more in the receiving. I think he had, like, six targets this week, which is his season high. Um, So, interesting. It's so, sad for O.J. Howard, the Alabama product. He's been a really productive uh, tight end since the end of the league. And he's been their starter and kind of their tight end in the red zone. So, I like, but you know, Gronkowski. If you have a – Gronkowski is a great backup tight end, right? I mean, he's one of the better – backups in the league if you need a backup tight end so um he'll probably get a load of the tight end snaps now especially in the blocking game but they don't really need him to be a great receiver at this point because obviously they have two top 10 receivers and tom brady's developed a great relationship with scotty miller um so whatever i guess say what you want Uh, that's kind of the running joke around social media you know of course of course tom brady gets developed relationship with the small white guy on the in the receiving core yeah Yeah. Not the big, or
0: I ain't the big white guy, I'm like Evans. So,
1: like Evans isn't white. Thing. No, he, he's okay, white. I don't know. definitely
0: <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe like I, would, I could see him, being yeah, white, but I
1: th- he's light skinned at least. At least, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that that come on, and there's a reason why he hasn't got that many catches yet. Tom Brady only likes the small white guys, the white <laughs> slot receivers, the grocery store clerk looking guys.
0: It's Tom Brady's
1: mm. mojo. Um <laughs> And now, uh, the last piece here is Austin Ackler. Um, you saw him be carted off of the field versus Tampa Bay with a hamstring injury. He is expected to be out for about four to six hamstring and a knee injury, which is, I didn't realize he had a knee injury as well. So, in all likelihood, Joshua Kelly will probably be the starter, either him or Justin Jackson. But, um, yeah, Josh
0: Kelly is a waiver wire pickup if he didn't already. Joe did. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I, I as well just pick up another L.A., Ram, I mean, L.A. Charger. There you go. Who cares? My team is so destroyed. Eckler, Avery, Le'Veon Bell, um, Juju and Deontay Johnson both missed weeks, Johnny Smith, you know, just the whole gang. So now, <laughs> but, after 45 minutes, the news is finally over. Finally. <laughs> it has to be the longer news section we've ever had. It has to be. We also kind of, like, spent a long time discussing the news. I mean, at times, we'll discuss our news for, like, a pretty long time. But uh, not there's just not that much we have to go over. I went first last week, going over my um, stand-up players. So you get to go first this week. Yes. Where will you? I'm going to start with the battle of the Philadelphia and
1: the San Francisco 49ers. We both put it, surprisingly enough, the Philadelphia Eagles pick up their first win of the season, 25 to 20. Um, for the Eagles, we have Ronnie McLeod, who goes for eight tackles, one interception, and a pass defense. And Alex Singleton, the linebacker, two tackles, one interception, a pass defended, a touchdown. So he had a pick six there off of Nick Mullins. And then for the 49ers, in his first game back off of George Kittle. 15 receptions, 183 yards, and a touchdown, just proving his absolute dominance there. Um, Even with Nick Mullins, the man's just absolutely getting it done. And it was a game that was not high-scoring. We didn't expect it. G Riddle teams both. Nick Mullins kind of had a rough showing. Carson Wentz didn't have his best showing either, as Carson Wentz has not been doing well this season. Um, And going into next week with one of the league's top defenses, um, he's probably not going to be any better. But, um, yeah, this was not that fun of a game to watch apart from Kittle being a beast and doing George Kittle things. you saw, nothing. surprisingly, the number one receiver for Philadelphia is someone that no one's ever heard of by the name of Travis Fulgham. So, um, go Travis Folgum. There was a lot of jokes about that on social media. Um, 49ers defense getting shredded by Travis Fulgham. He had a really nice catch down the sideline for a touchdown, um. So yeah, boring. Twenty-five, twenty. Philadelphia takes it and improves to one and two and one to lead the NFC or the NFC the worst division in football
0: by far. And um, since we just went over a boring, low-scoring game, we might get, might as well go over a pretty high-scoring game here: Vikings versus Texans. The Vikings take the game, thirty-one to twenty-three. Kirk Cousins goes 16, 16 receptions on twenty-two attempts, two hundred and sixty yards. So not a whole lot of passing yards, but a touchdown. That's an average of eleven point eight yards per catch. So a good game for him. No interception. Um, Dalvin Cook on twenty-seven attempts took it one hundred and thirty yards and two TDs. So um, Dalvin Cook oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, that crazy <laughs> goal line run. I don't know if
1: you saw that, but he just shoved off the completely <laughs> mu- just pure muscle. Was his way ends on off a stiff one. An amazing run there for Dalvin Cook, and he's making a run. Him and Camara are really the two thus far, in contention for the best running back in the league this season. Definitely.
0: <clears throat> Up next, we have Adam Thielen. He got eight receptions of 10 targets, 114 yards, and a touchdown. But he did not have, I mean, he, he did have the best day for a a receiver for the Vikings. Not the most efficient day. Justin Jefferson caught four or five targets and 103 yards. No TDs, but very efficient day. Caught a lot of, a lot of uh, long balls there. Eric Kendricks had seven tackles. And Yannick Gangaku had five tackles and one sack. So he, he had the lone sack of the day. Um, so not a whole lot of defense, but, you know, still 23 points. Nothing, you know, that's pretty good defense, I guess. But <laughs> either way, <laughs> Watson had 20 receptions out of 30, 33 um, throws, 300 yards on a dot, two TDs. Um, not a great day rushing, but, uh, surprisingly enough, because that's mm. normally his bread and butter. but Will Fuller had one of the better games of his, uh, not probably not career, but one, one of the one of his better games. He caught six of seven targets, 108 yards, and another touchdown. Um, and Will Fuller is, as you mentioned, all the time. He's very good whenever he's healthy. But when he's not healthy, it's you know he doesn't play. So so we will there. Zach Cunningham caught seven. I mean Zach Cunningham had seven tackles and PJ Hall two tackles and the one lone sack of the day for the texans so there you go so that's what it's it not- for me that is actually is my justin jefferson
1: prediction that he by the end of the season will be one of the best wide receiver twos and that's one of the old lone predictions that i have made that is actually coming through that and deck mm-hmm. passing is just going really well for um battle of the own three squads and one of them came
0: out one and three on tour so not that i good. mean vikings look the best of luck all year but I don't know. I didn't watch the game, so I can't give a whole lot of insights. But um just looking at the raw stats, you can tell Domin Cook definitely had you know, he took over the game and he was the he was the big player there. So yeah, definitely. Um
1: so the next game I have Baltimore Ravens versus the Washington football team. Baltimore takes this one 31 to 17. Top performers of Marquise Brown, four receptions for 86 yards, Marlon Humphrey with nine tackles, a pass defended and a forced fumble. Patrick Queen, 12 tackles, 3 tackles for loss. Matt Judon, 4 tackles, 2 sacks, 2 tackles for loss. And then for Washington, we've got Antonio Gibson, 13 attempts for 46 yards and a touchdown, and then forty-four receptions for 82 yards. Um, Scary Terry McLaurin, 10 receptions, 118 yards. And Kendall Fuller, the corner, with 1 tackle, 2 interceptions, and 2 passes defended for Kendall Fuller. Um, really a blowout in all facets. Lamar Jackson, his kind of cold streak. Um, he did not have an amazing game this week either. Through two interceptions, obviously, both to Kendall Fuller. Um, he might have just thrown one. I'm not sure because Robert Griffin the third came in at the end of the game. I'm not actually 100% sure if uh, Robert Griffin threw one of those. But I know that Jackson, and he was still not the greatest. He's been uh, kind of on a cold streak the past couple of weeks. Not to say that he's not going to pick it up because he's still a great quarterback. But. Baltimore, as expected, takes it. The-
0: they really missed an opportunity to put in the goat Trace McSorley Trace though.
1: McSorley, yeah, they could have put in Trace McSorley, and they decided Robert Griffin is
0: the guy. So for joy, at, Tr- at Trace McSorley coming in at the end of the game, but yes, <laughs> what what could have been, and what could have been for the Lions here? They took the loss to the Saints. They kept it closer than I thought they would have. I I'm actually not caring. not uh I can't remember what my exact prediction was, but it definitely wasn't this close. Saints took the game 35 29. Um, Jubilees had a great game for his standards as of late. Um, 19 receptions on 25 throws, 246 yards, two TDs. Um, Alvin Kamara had 83 yards on 19 attempts and a touchdown. Uh, I cannot believe this is right. I don't, I didn't write down his receiving stats because we all know he has a great receiving game, but I don't have anything written down. So I'm I'm sure it wasn't just a minuscule number I didn't write down. Um, but for some of I don't have that. Latavius Murray on 14 attempts has 64 yards and two touchdowns. So he was the goal line running back this game. Um, Emmanuel Sanders had a, a decent game receiving. Six receptions on nine targets. Nice. Um, 93 yards, no touchdowns. Trey Con smith caught four of four. Um, 54 yards and two touchdowns. So not a whole lot of targets there or catches, really. I mean, he caught all targets, not a whole lot of yards. But two touchdowns, yep. so that's a big one for him. Patrick Robinson on the defense, four tackles and an interception, the lone interception of the day. So it it looks as though the, um, the Lions didn't have a great day statistically, but they still kept in it. And I'm I don't even know how they uh,
1: they started off the game up fourteen interestingly yeah. enough, and then. Obviously, they kind of sputtered after that. But, like, that's a team that actually is looking a lot better. Like, they should have one more win, obviously. They should have won Week 1 versus Chicago. They beat Arizona, surprise. They had a legitimate chance to beat the Saints this week. Couldn't get it done. But they're looking, like, a lot better team than what we expected. But that's been plaguing, was not being able to finish out games the past couple of years. And that's exactly the problems that we're seeing thus far this season.
0: Yes, it kind of speaks to the stats. Matthew Stafford. 17 of 31, 206 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. So not a great completion percentage, or like a whole lot of yards for you know his standards. Adrian Peterson didn't did have like he had a relatively terrible game on the ground, but he had a touchdown, 11 attempts, 36 yards, and a touchdown. So the touchdown really carried his stats there. Kenny Galladay four catches on eight targets, 62 yards, and one touchdown. T.J. Hawkinson and Swift. Both had receiving touchdowns. Um, DeAndre Swift, that is. Jamie Collins, seven tackles, and Darrell Roberts had an interception. Never heard of the man, but um, the score looks really close. I mean, not. Really, I mean, not really close, but it's a, like touchdown away for the for the Lions. There, um, I do know because I do see highlights on Instagram. I knew it was. I knew they kind of choked, but the Falcons and the Lions do their best choke jobs. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. this year. So. Particularly the Falcons, of course, but Yeah. <laughs> Lions going eight and eight and at this point they're one and three, so who knows? Right. No one one and two. Okay. No, to, I don't know. I don't know. As I said previously you're still here after the long news session. I didn't mention in the beginning. I, I it's just been a long a long stretch here, so I, I'm sure I sound tired. <laughs> but on to the next game here. Yes,
1: maybe the most high scoring game of the week by far, Cleveland versus Dallas. Um, You were correct. Cleveland takes it 49 to 38. Um, Baker didn't. When you put up 38 points, you expect the quarterback to be amazing. But Baker, Baker put up 165 yards and two touchdowns. No picks, which was good, but an inefficient game, but not a crazy high game because the rushing game was what really carried it there with Dearness Johnson going 13 attempts for 95 yards, and Kareem Hunt 11 attempts for 71 yards and two touchdowns. Erno Beckham Jr. had one of the best games of his career uh, in Cleveland, that is, I guess. Um, five receptions for 81 yards and two touchdowns, and then two rushing attempts for 73 rushing and a touchdown. So he goes for about 140 total yards and three touchdowns. Um, an amazing game there for Odell. And then Miles Garrett, a stellar game. Three tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss, and a forced final. We do quarter season MVP or quarter season defensive player of the year. Miles Garrett is my quarter season defensive player of the year, personally. Um, and then for Dallas, Dak Prescott an absurd game: five hundred and two yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Amari Cooper. 12 receptions, 134 yards, and one touchdown. And then C.D. Lamb goes for five receptions,
0: 79 yards, and two touchdowns. I cannot believe you did not take this as an opportunity to put Jarvis Landry in his one um, throwing <laughs> touchdown.
1: <laughs> his one passing touchdown.
0: <laughs> That's disappointing. But, um, yeah, Odell, I I saw a part of this game. I was doing some homework during, it, and I sat on the background. And, yeah, Odell Beckham had a game, and you could tell he was hype. Um, Overall, yeah, it was just a smackdown. But the the Dallas Cowboys, I think they almost came back at the end. So, I don't know. Dak, Dak is putting up astronomical numbers, but it's not translating to a whole lot of wins because yeah. of the D. Really? The, the secondary is really bad.
1: Yeah. My uh, prediction of, of Dak leading the league in passing yards, like I mentioned before, is going really well. He's currently is leading the league. And, um, Go Dak Prescott. One of my first predictions that might actually come true at the end of the season. And thus far, that's probably like the one that is going to come true of like my predictions of like stat lead because I said Dak. Yeah, I said Saquon. He's not going to lead the league in rushing. I said Julio could have him still, but it's not looking good for Julio. Um, who did I say? I don't remember who. I think said Joe Schobert leading the tackles. I have no clue if he's going to the lead tackles. I don't even think I did sacks now that I think about it. I was gonna do sacks, but my was gonna be like Cameron Jordan or something. But then I didn't end up do because I already had two players on that team that were leading at something. And none of them are gonna come true. Um, maybe I'm Trey sorry. Boston still leads again, passes defended, but that means nothing. I'll never know.
0: Yeah. Uh, my predictions, I put a lot of thought into my predictions, but not a whole lot of them have turned out well, if I'm gonna be honest. But right in the next game, Bengals versus Jaguars, the bottom feeder teams. Um, the Bengals take this one thirty-three to twenty-five. Joe Burrow had a clean game, twenty-five catches on thirty-six attempts, three hundred yards on the dot, one touchdown and one interception. Joe Mixon probably I think he had a career game, twenty-five attempts, one hundred and fifty-one yards, two touchdowns, and through the air he caught six of six, uh, thirty yards and another touchdown. So a three touchdown performance for Joe Mixon. All the fantasy Joe Mixon fantasy owners Tennessee owners Kim rejoice. Um, the the patience paid off. Jesse Bates defensively. J- Jesse Bates had a good game, six tackles. Yeah, he love the team. Jordan Evans, um, one tackle, one interception. So Minshew. I saw uh, my standout players are always like it's always the quarterbacks because they're always the most important players. You always want to know how they did, and that tells the story of the game is how the quarterback did essentially. Um, Gardner Minshew threw twenty seven um, cut. Had 27 receptions on 40 throws. This so not a great completion percentage. 351 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. DJ Chark led the team in receptions there. Eight, of, eight receptions on nine targets, 91 yards, and two TDs. So big game for DJ Chark. Miles Jack had three tackles and, um, uh, and a pick six. So You're I guess it's a pick six. So. <laughs> um, so it's the bottom few teams. I didn't watch this game. But Joe Burrow. Did all the right things. Joe Mixon took over the game, um, and the defense just, just, you know, stayed firm when they needed to. Obviously, you can tell that they probably let up some big plays. D.J. Chark, just looking at his stats, um, He's averaging a little over, uh, a little over like twelve yards per reception. Just doing math in my head, um, and two TDs. So, you know, well, the one big mistake there is on 6 six for 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 Mixon. I mean, not for Mixon for Burrow, but rookie mistakes. He's yeah. My prediction was that he's going to show some flashes, but have an overall average year. And I think he's throwing showing some flashes and having a well above average year.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I can agree with you there. And I said, too, for offensive rookie of the year, um, where I was running with it so far, I don't know if Tua's going to come back and be able to do enough to outshine, but, Um I just really don't know. Um, so this next game that I have here, the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay takes it 31-38, to 38, and Justin Herbert balled out again. 290 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Jalen Guyton, the receiver, goes one reception, but for 72 yards. In, um, so a 72-yard touchdown intercept, and a really great bomb from Justin Herbert. And that like went like 70 yards in, just about. Um, it was crazy throw. Um, Michael Davis goes six tackles, one interception, a pass defended, and a touchdown. So you saw Michael Davis' pick six there. Um, Tom Brady also balls out one interception, but 369 yards and five touchdowns to five different um, crazy and the oldest player to ever throw for five touchdowns in a game. But we we expected that. Um, Ronald Jones, 20 attempts, 111 yards. Mike Evans has probably his best game in this in seven receptions, 122 yards, one touchdown. And Tom Brady's man, Scotty Miller, five receptions, 53 yards and a touchdown. Um, this this game is really close, and Justin Herbert was really keeping this game. Um, like we I talked about before, it's rough for Tyron Taylor to have to go out and give his starting spot away for uh, the doctor <laughs> injury that the doctor gave him, but yeah, that's gonna happen because Justin Herbert is balling, and that team is doing well with him. Honestly, you know the re- the receiving core wasn't amazing. Jalen Guyton led the team as one reception. Um, he led in, res- in yards. That is. Um, but they almost want one in Tampa Bay, who's a really late. So they're going to Justin Herbert, and all signs are pointing to that. And he's playing really well. So he currently is number one on the NFL.com rookie power rank. They have Justin Herbert at number one um, currently. So that's interesting. But go Justin Herbert. Yeah, and
0: Justin Herbert doing so well is is a surprise to me because I always thought he was like, like I thought he was like another raw prospect because you know yeah. he obviously looked great in the combine, but you have to expect that he had a big arm an accurate arm in college in Oregon. You could see it. Um, he was a big prospect for years. I always heard about it. And um, just randomly, I just followed, like, this one Giants' Instagram account, and he wanted the Giants to draft him so bad. Um, obviously, they tried to draft a little bit early. Um, but I don't know. Like, uh, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, and, you know, if they get on with injuries, then Mike Williams and Joshua Kelly, you know, they're, they're big fantasy targets right now. So, I mean, they can be happy with that. And you know, if you need a backup quarterback or even a starting quarterback to this extent uh, to some extent. But um next we have the surprise game of the of the week, in my opinion. The biggest surprise to me. Cardinals beat the Panthers, thirty one to twenty one, Teddy Bridgewater. Other way um, around. Panthers beat the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, okay, that, that, okay. I, must, I obviously you guys know that. that the Cardinals won. I mean the the, the Panthers won. The Panthers <laughs> won. <laughs> and um it's it's a surprise to me, obviously. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he, um, his receivers caught 26 out of his 37 throws, 276 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and a rushing touchdown. So, um, you saw some nasty runs on him if you follow the NFL and count account. They posted a sick highlight of him, some cool spins, some mm-hmm. jukes, you know. You, you gotta, see, you love to see it. Mike Davis on 16 attempts, he had 84 yards and a touchdown, um, Robbie Henderson caught eight of 11 targets, 99 yards. And, and Justin Burhis five tackles. Um, some of the <laughs> Yep. Kyler Murray had a, a pretty good game, honestly. Um, 24 catches out of 31 t- um, passes there. 133 yards, three touchdowns, six rushes per 78 yards. He continues to be the leading rusher. Um, Kenyon Drake is not having the year I was expecting to have. Chase Edmonds, although he had a minuscule day, minuscule day on the ground. Through the air, he got five of six targets, 24 yards, and a touchdown. Jordan Hicks, eight tackles, and Patrick Peterson had five tackles and an interception. So, Robbie Anderson, as as I said, as I said, he's going to have a surprisingly good year. He's having a good year so far. Seems to be Teddy Bridgewater's like main target there, even though they have DJ Moore, who I thought would get more run um, overall. But I thought Teddy Bridgewater. would, I mean, I thought. Robbie Anderson was gonna be the like surprise player that was like gonna be good, even though you know, we who knew. Kyler Murray yeah. did not carry this team. I don't know how. Um DeAndre Hopkins didn't have a great game, honestly, but I I don't know how the Cardinals lost <laughs> because we yeah. both mentioned that as the Panthers are still a good team, they're kind of outmatched as far as the Cardinals go. Um only only twenty one points though from one of the most from my favorite offense going into this year, honestly, um, maybe Tampa Bay, but I don't know. I thought they were going to go off, and they did for the first two weeks in the past two weeks against Detroit and you know Carolina. They have not played great, and it's it's sad to see. But yeah, uh,
1: that's true. And uh, there's so much talk now about any running back you throw in Carolina can do well. Um, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But. Yeah, I didn't know when you talked about Robbie Ann before the season because in New York, he was always a boomer bust guy that would go for 120 yards and two touchdowns or reception for 13 yards or something like that. You know what I mean? So, surprisingly, you've actually seen him catching idiot routes, which did not ever do in New York. And he's just actually putting up performances that are average and surprising. Um, and that's just really some progression in his game. Teddy Bridgewater's really been able to find him a little bit more. And, um, He's been a really good target down there for them, and they are overperforming <laughs> so far this And that's a good thing for me because I really love Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs>
0: yeah, I like it too. Um, but that yeah, that's something. Robbie Anderson is like the eighth best wide receiver in fantasy football right now, and it's essentially because he can put up the same amount of points every single week, and then every once in a while he'll just catch a long bomb for a touchdown from Teddy Bridgewater. And i you know you love to see it. Teddy Bridgewater has been. A big success, in my opinion. I mean, if they just kept Cam, would it be better? Who knows? I don't think Cam fits the offense well anymore at this point. But yeah, he he still likes the long ball. So there's there's EJ Moore and there's um there's Robbie Anderson too, like relatively deep ball wide receivers. So I don't yeah. know. You know Teddy Bridgewater for the long ball, but he's getting some of it done, and I don't I like yeah. it. Yeah, we're Ted, right here at the Cole Joe Show. We are Teddy Bridgewater supporters. So yes, yes. <laughs> um the next thing
1: we have here next game seattle miami seattle takes it 31 to 23 a closer game than expected um, of course seattle we've got russell wilson 360 yards two touchdowns one in ties payton for the most touchdowns in a four-game streak with 16 um dk metcalf four receptions for 106 yards david moore three reception 95 yards one touchdown kj Wright, eight passes defended and a fumble and then for Miami, we've got Devontae Parker, 10 receptions for 110 yards. Interestingly enough, we saw Russell Wilson's headset go off, and he had to call an entire, like, 11-play drive, which ended in a touchdown to David Moore. Um, and it was a, a better game than I expected. Miami definitely put up more of a fight than I'd expected. And this is one of the games that, like, they didn't win, but you still are catching glimpses of what Miami can be in the future when that defense is holding the MVP – to 31 points, which is lower than every other total so far, um, and they're just being—they're just—they—they just they, they, they showed just some big plays there. You saw big plays from Devontae Parker went off, and you just saw what that team has the potential to be at some point. Um, so I, I liked what I saw from him. I mean Obviously, Seattle got the job done. Russell Wilson balled out and did his thing, um, and yeah, Seattle stays undefeated. And thus far, Russell Wilson is my MVP, and it's
0: not too close. Yeah, if you can. If you're celebrating defense for holding a quarterback to 31 points, <laughs> I really think the um, Russell Wilson is, is having a great year. Um, yeah. Giants Rams snooze fest of the week. <laughs> Seventeen to nine, Rams take the win. Jared Goff, twenty five to two hundred yards on the dot, one touchdown. Malcolm Brown on nine attempts had 37 yards, so he led the league. He led the, the team with rushing relatively offensive day, that's pretty good, I guess. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Cooper Cup, five seven, sixty nine yards, nice one touchdown. Taylor Rapp, seven tackled. Uh, Morgan Fox, four tackles, one interception. So no one had a like no one had a particularly good game. Only one person from the Giants, in my opinion, was warranting a stand-up player. He had eight tackles. Blake Martinez, the tackle machine. So it's this is just. You can just tell this was not a fun game to watch. No one, no no, one, the leading rusher at 37 yards, the leading receiver at 69 yards, um, you know, the quarterback at 200 yards, and Daniel Jones had even less. So,
1: yeah, you know, it was a bad game.
0: I don't know what we were expecting, but yeah, it was a kind of fun game.
1: I expected the Rams to at least put up a lot of points, but they didn't. (laughs) It was bad. I watched some of it, it was not fun to watch whatsoever. Yeah, (laughs) that's really all there is. self-explanatory um, yeah this game here coming up new england kansas city which was a game i thought was going to be closer because obviously we did not know that can't contract the coronavirus and we're gonna have to see Jarrett Stidham and brian hoyer in at the helm of new england started off the bench halfway through for Stidham. neither of them did well two players on this team did do well running back damian harris uh sony michelle was out injured for this game and Damian Harris was actually activated to the 53-man roster, which not a lot of people thought he was going to be. And he goes 17 for 100 yards. So a really good game there from him. And then Demir Bird, five receptions for 80 yards. I didn't actually – the final score is 26-10 Kansas City. Kansas City wins it, obviously. And their top performers, Patrick Mahomes, with 236 yards and two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, three receptions for 70 yards. And Tyrann Matthew, four tackles, one interception, one pass is defended. In one touchdown as he got his pick six there. that was largely just right kind of thing. He was in good position to make a tackle of the ball, popped out of right into the hands of Tyron Matthew. And we saw last season Julian lead the league in dropped passes, and here's one drop pass by Julian Unley that was really costly as it obviously gave up the touchdown there to Tyron Matthew. Kansas City straight up outperformed them. There were some questionable calls by the referee. You saw what looked like a clear fumble by Patrick uh, the ball was stripped, recovered by New England, but they ruled it and England passed a few other questionable calls by the refs. But let's be real New England wasn't going to miss game. Um, Kansas City takes a 16 point W there. And do, do you have another game? I have two more games. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. I didn't know if I messed up because I guess I didn't. Because I, I forgot there was two. And I was like, okay, maybe I have one more than you. But um, well, I guess I did take it into account.
0: <laughs> All right, good now. Um, Up next. Bills versus the Raiders. The Bills win 30-27. to 27. Josh Allen continues to, to play well. Um, 24 catches on 34 throws. 288 yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> negative three rushing yards. or do you get a rushing touchdown? So, I don't understand
1: how negative rushing yards work for a quarterback. Because, like, why is
0: it a sack? You know, uh, like, I think it's a pocket. But, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Devon Singletary, on 18 attempts, had a 55 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, very efficient day catching the ball. Cut six of his seven targets, 155 yards. Tremaine Edmonds, the brother of the much better Edmonds, Torella. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. obviously a joke. Eight tackles. And Tredavis White, quite possibly the best cornerback in football, according to Colton, had six tackles. For a cornerback, is really good. Because there were people that had more tackles than him, but they weren't defensive backs or cornerbacks at the very least. So, good game for him. Derek Carr threw the ball 44 times. His receivers caught it 32 of the times. 311 yards, two touchdowns. Darren Mahler led the day receiving nine catches on 12 targets, 88 yards. Nelson Aguilar caught four or four targets for 44 yards and another touchdown. And Eric Harris um, caught, I mean, not, did not catch anything. He tackled seven. So, it's a, it's a good game, honestly. like I feel like this would have been a fun game to watch, but I was not watching it. I, I
1: watched some of it. Like, I watched the first of it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But Josh Elm had, like, a relatively good game. But from the standards that he set so far this year, it's not as good. He still had three touchdowns and, you know, a relatively high amount of passing yards. Singletary had a pretty good stuff on digs. Continues to be good, which we all knew yeah. would happen.
1: So I'm going to have an amazing, like, catch and a crazy route running with an Abram. He was talking smack to the whole game and then just went out and lost him. Great play there. And thinking about it now, I feel dumb. I know you can get negative rushing in QB because a QB kneel is negative one rushing now that I think about it. I don't know if Josh Allen actually just kneeled three times, um, <laughs> but there's probably other ways that you can get negative rushing. But um, I don't know. Yeah, three kneels is one way now that I think about it. <laughs> but yeah, that was <laughs> a good game. And now my last game, Monday Night Football, Atlanta Falcons, Green Bay Packers. Green Bay takes the 14th W, 16-30. to um, Todd Gurley of Atlanta goes to attempts for 57 yards and two touchdowns. Alamide Zakhe eight receptions for 86 yards. Green Bay was extremely plagued within the receiving core. I was looking at this thing. I mean, I guess that was for Atlanta. Before I get out, I was looking at like this post before the game, and it was everyone talking about like oh, Aaron Rodgers. They might lose this game because they don't have Devonta Adams or um, what's his name, oh. Alan Lazard. And I don't, I don't MVS. I don't know, if, but um the Thing was, it was like, it's okay. Aaron. It's like, it was a Packers fan. It's like, it's okay. Aaron Rodgers still has all these weapons. We proceeded to list guys like, it was like Jay Sternberger, Robert Tanya, MVS, and like, all these we, Jamal Williams, all these guys like, no. and then everyone was like, commenting and just flaying him like, just because he's an Aaron Rodgers team does not make them a good player. These are not <laughs> weapons. But Aaron Rodgers <laughs> proceeded to ball out with those bombs 327 and four touchdowns, no pick. Aaron Jones has himself another really good game, 15 attempts, 71 yards, rushing, and then five receptions for 40 receiving yards, receiving touchdown. Jamal Williams, the backup running back, has in game, 10 attempts for 10 yards on the ground, but eight receptions for 95 receiving yards. And then career game for Robert Tony, the backup tight end who backs up Jace Sternberger. The six receptions for 98 yards in a hat trick, three touchdowns there. Um, so 50% of his receptions were touchdowns for 98 yards. An amazing game there for the Titan Robert Tanya. And then the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, Darius Smith. Eight tackles, three sacks, tackles for loss. An amazing game there for the edge rushers. Adarius. um got to Matt Ryan three times, obviously, and just made some great plays left and right. And you, this just goes to show you the greatness of Aaron Rodgers at this point. He's still an elite quarterback in his old age, and they're – are not very many quarterbacks that are able to put up 327 yards and four touchdowns without going into the season missing their top three wide receivers um, so go aaron Rodgers. that green bay team is absolutely rolling past that um that is just a beastly team
0: imagine how good the packers would be if they actually would have utilized the draft in the right way like they're so good as it is might have drafted a wide receiver and uh a defensive tackle, good. Another good defensive tackle to play along, Kenny Clark. And, Imagine you know, that
1: team if instead of trading up for Jordan Love, they trade up and take Justin
0: Jefferson. Yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: That offense is absolutely lethal.
0: Yeah, and that. Um, just just a fun note here because you were mentioning. Yeah, uh, the only way you can get negative rushing yards as a quarterback is if he kneel the ball. But I did not know this in the NFL. If you were get if a quarterback gets sacked, the amount of yards they went backwards was actually, is actually, like, counted against your passing. So, really? yeah, that's what it says. I did not know that. That's weird. I had no clue. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, like, what the logic is for that. But certainly a great year for Aaron Rodgers so far. In the last game, though, we have been talk about, to talk about is the Colts versus the Bear. The Colts win 19-11. Philip Rivers, the 19, I mean, 16 receptions of 29 passes, 190 yards, and a touchdown. Zach Pascal only got three of his eight targets, but still had the day with 58 yards. Mo Cox caught one of his two, 13 yards and touchdown. Anthony Walker, nine tackles. And then Julian Blackman, one tackle, one interception. Um, and, like, basically, for the second time I've ever probably done this, I did not have a quarterback as my other stand-up player for the, the team. And I only had one stand-up quarterback because Nick Foles did not have the game I was expecting. Sadly enough, I I was talking about how good I thought Nick Foles was going to do and how Coley looked last week and how ready I thought I'd be for this week. And you absolutely flamed me because you're right. No, you didn't actually flame me, but you're right, because it just turned out that they were preparing for Mr. Bitsky, and then when Nick Foles came out there, they had no idea what to do. And the Colts prepared accordingly. Allen Robinson saw a good game, though. cut seven of ten targets, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Rokon Smith had 11 tackles. So... Cole's defense looked really good. Um, I did see a portion of this game, a small portion of it, game, but um, I really don't want to stick around. Like I'd rather just watch the high-scoring games. They're a little bit more fun. Yeah. Um <laughs> had 11 tackles, so that's a, that's a good game. He probably has a, a career game for him so far because he's, re- he's still relatively young. This might be his third year in the league. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Sadly enough, I really did want Nick Foles to do really good because I would have been absolutely awesome but you win some you lose some and oh wait yeah. you forgot about the last game the most exciting game of the week titans versus the steelers jesus absolutely went off caught zero passes of zero targets zero yards zero touchdowns mm-hmm. um so davian
1: Clowney got zero sacks but he was probably <laughs> um interesting thing here okay don't come at me because we, we promised that we would not ever get political right We've said that. But this isn't really political. This is just, like, an interesting thing that kind of has to do with the So every year, the the election, every four years, there has coincidentally, in the past, like, six or seven years, been a Colts versus Bears game. And every year, that game has correctly the winner of the presidential election. Every year, if the Bears win, the Democratic candidate has won. And if the Colts win, then the Republican candidate has won. So, according to the Colts-Bears game, win the election. We're not giving our sides in, but... um. Yeah, like where we stand, but um, take that. We'll take that as just football, the real influencer <laughs> of the presidential election. Who knows? We'll find out here um, in, very soon.
0: I have to vote according to what NFL team wins. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I I just see that statistic, and I thought it was really funny. Um, because there's obviously like no real correlation. Is it's obviously not really like the same thing. But it is. It is cool to see, at least at the very least. But do you see that crazy catch by Johnson? It was for zero yards and zero touchdowns. <laughs> yes. Ryan Tannehill balled Dude. out.
1: Like, zero, zero for zero, zero yards.
0: Darn you, Titans. I was, you know. Yeah. But we at least we'll get to see, see the Steelers absolutely smack the Eagles. Um, barring yes. <laughs> barring Pennsylvania's
1: them, real team. It's yeah. Pittsburgh. Come on. Come on. We all know.
0: Barring uh, Jalen Hurst coming in and just automatically becoming Patrick Mahomes. I cannot see a situation saw, with
1: Steelers. Interestingly, um, there's this guy that I've seen, and he, like, created his own statistic, which, like, ranks quarterbacks in the league based on, like, you know, it's, like, all these different advanced metrics that, like, football fans or whatever has that they'll, that they'll put out, like, all these, like, they're co- it takes, like, their college stats and, and, like, all these different factors and, like, how they're rated, and their combine things and this and like this guy has his own stat that he created that kind of combines all of them together and like ranks quarter gives them like one number basically and then ranks them all and he was just showing his list of like some of the quarterbacks and like it was looking good because the quarterbacks that were rated the highest quarterback that he had rated was since he's been doing it, was Lamar Jackson and then the low guys were your Nathan Peterman your Mason Rudolph was pretty low your Rando like. I, guess, I think Dwayne Hasson's kind of low on that. Um, your Will, Gre- Will Greer was really <laughs> low on that, sadly, even though he had a beastly college career. Um, but Benjamin was pretty good at- was Jalen to forget Hurts, that. Jalen Hurts, like the second highest that he's ever had, only behind Lamar Jackson. Um, and that's really interesting to me because Jalen Hurts was a beast at Alabama. Highest mid-candidate until the national championship where he fell off and got benched 4-2 at Tugavailoa. And that's where you saw the reign of Tua take over in Jalen Hurts versus Oklahoma. The only player that took Heisman votes away from Joe Burrow was Jalen Hurts. Um, so interesting. And then he said that stat just he was like there there were only two players that have got bad scores on that stat that have ever like turned their career into any and there's Jared Goff <laughs> and Josh Allen. And um, <laughs> those were two guys that had high bust potential. So this stat was actually kinda cool because all the guys that were high were Lamar Jackson, Carson wasn't you, Patrick Mahomes, so that was interesting, but I just wanted to mention. it. Go, I like Joe.
0: There's a um, an account on Instagram I saw, and he yeah he does like stuff like that. And there was he um, another stat he he used oh yeah like advanced metrics and all kind of stuff and made some sort of algorithm and then put it all on a graph. And there's a line. It's like like the parent function. If you're I mean you took mm-hmm. algebra two, but if, if you know what I'm talking about, just yes. like y equals x line. Um, and then like if you're playing. Just as good as the players around you, like allow you to play better than the players around you, like better than you should play, or like worse than you should play. And Carson Wentz was like way above it last year, and now he's like, he's like still above it.
1: <laughs> Honestly, no. it doesn't matter. I think about it. it so
0: <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: st- that team is still bad. Like, we make fun of Carson Wentz, but who do they have? Because Alshon Jeffrey has still not played a minute. Jalen Rager played one game, and that was Carson Wentz's like one game that was pretty good. Um, yeah he's been running with Travis Fulgram, JJ Arcega Whiteside, and Greg Ward this time. Yeah. So honestly but like, it, he's not he's not the
0: was man like, he once was. But I'm it's like right that. here, it was like right here before, like where the bulk of like the quarterbacks you'd say were good are. And now he's like way closer to like the origin, like down here. But mm-hmm. like just above it. <laughs> he like just barely plays better than the players around him, like allow him to. You which know, I thought was not
1: Maybe Philadelphia Eagles will um, decide to move on from Carson Wentz. To Jalen and decide to wheel Carson Wentz to the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: Please do that. Uh, oh, Carson Wentz stinks. Carson Wentz is awful. This, this like Steelers, would, the, Car- <laughs> the Steelers will be it would be done to trade them like a fourth round pick for Carson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a joke. I don't. I'm not sure how Carson Wentz would translate to the Steelers when he's a little bit more mobile per se than then, which is not hard to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think Carson Wentz could succeed on the Steelers. There's a lot better weapons (laughs) yeah, and, you know, better defense at this point, but, but before
1: we uh, hop pretty well, um, but before we get off for the episode, we have for the first time, we're actually going to give our Thursday night prediction before Thursday night, but for for the first time, so I kind of, I'm putting Joe on the spot here a little bit. But so you can think about it for a minute. I'll give you mine. It's Tampa Bay versus I didn't didn't tell you that. But um the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football. Um I have Tampa Bay taking this one. Thirty one to fifty Chicago's defense looks good, but Tampa Bay's offense looks really good and Tampa Bay's defense looks really good while Chicago's offense looks really bad. Alan Robinson is the only thing keeping keeping up that offense at this point. Um it's just, it's been rough for that offense overall, apart from Anthony Miller's had some okay David Montgomery's had some okay games. But with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky behind the helm, they're going to have an amazing season. Um, Nick Foles has been targeting Allen Robinson a lot more than he did, though, which is good. Um, so, that's what you like to see. But I still, obviously, just a better team. Another situation where they're just straight-up outmatched. That defense has been playing really well down in Tampa Bay, and at
0: 31-15. Uh, I feel a little bit closer. Um, uh, I think Tampa is going to win 28-17. to so, um, I, I just think the defense can play a little better, keep it a little bit closer. Yeah, I just for for the first time, we've actually predicted yeah. Thursday
1: night before Thursday night because every time I go to make the graphics for like our game predictions for the week, um, right I mind. always end up because usually the Thursday night game already happened, and I'll just like be like, okay, well, before this game happened, I would have said this, and then I'll message you, you know, and just be like, what would have what would your thursday night football prediction have been and then who just send me a random score or something <laughs> but now we actually just... have our predictions so we'll get it wrong because most most thursday night games who expect to win still won but like mm-hmm. if there's ever a an offset game on thursday night there's literally nothing stopping <laughs> either of us from being like yeah i definitely would have that upset when in reality we, we probably would not have I've predicted some upsets so far. Um, I predicted any real upsets. Um, Huh. I'm like I guess I predicted last week Colts versus Bears,
0: but like while the Bears had a better record, it wasn't like a real upset, I wouldn't say. Um, I said the Colts would beat the Vikings, but that wasn't really crazy cuz I don't know. I said the Browns would beat the um Cowboys. Yeah. but I got I had the Cowboys personally yeah, that's what you got to expect. Back might be playing really good, but it doesn't, they're still going to
1: Like I don't know if I actually know, but that fantasy-wise, the highest amount of points that Cowboys defense has put up this year so far is zero. Um, <laughs> they have, like, zero, and then, like, negative three, negative two, and last week, they put up negative nine. Negative
0: nine. Jeez.
1: That a all- flashbacks. I believe it was last season or years ago. I had the Minnesota Vikings defense, and um, I was up by, like, five points. And I was like, okay, and I should have just taken... It, it's not that simple, obviously. I, in hindsight, it's 20-20, but I was like, okay, I'm up five. I'll just, you know, let's play, and I'll win this. Because he didn't. my opponent had no one left to play. And what does the Vikings defense do? Put up negative eight points, and I lose the game. It was so annoying, but... Such as like that it, it gives me flashback. Dallas Cowboys defense has been absolute garbage. You saw Demarcus Lawrence come out and say that they're looking soft this season, which is true. Um they got rid of Ha uh, Clinton Dix, who was their best defensive back going into the season. Um and life is rough <laughs> for the for the Cowboys thus far. Their offense is amazing, but their defense thus far is looking like potentially the
0: worst unit in the league. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> I'm I'm gassed. I'm very tired. But yeah we're all peace out.
1: Yes. From us here at the Colton and Joe Show. We are peace.